Good morning. We are the Chow family. Today's reading is from Psalm 23. We will be reading from the New International Version. Please follow along as the text is presented on the screen. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Good morning, church. Pastor Sharon here. So glad to be with you and share God's word with all of you this morning, wherever you're connected with us. Do you know, as we're all going through this COVID-19 pandemic, we've gotten pretty used to hearing some of the statistics uh, around the hard things that are going on. Um, all our media outlets talk about numbers of hospitalizations and numbers of new cases and numbers of deaths. And as we think about all those statistics, we're reminded that every one of those statistics is a real person, a real hospital worker, a real family that's facing a very difficult time. So this morning, I come just with gratefulness that the Bible talks honestly and in realistically about difficult times, about hardships and struggles. We've been going through this series called Sharing Loss, Sharing Hope, and the heartfelt emotions that we've gone through in the different psalms we've been looking at. And today we take a look at a very familiar and well-loved psalm, Psalm 93. Maybe it's the first time you've considered or looked at Psalm 93, or maybe you've come back to it many times over the years. But I trust that this morning, as we take a look at this psalm, the words that it has to share with us, that we'll be encouraged in the way that God strengthens us, whatever comes into our lives, whatever shadows might come. God is present in the shadows. Woven throughout this morning's message, you're going to also hear a real-life story about a family that went through their own loss. Todd Radcliffe and Kathy Whiteman are going to be sharing aspects of their story. And I trust that as you hear how they walk through a time of shadow and difficulty, you will be encouraged as well. So let's begin to see what kind of promises are embedded in this psalm, Psalm 23. The, the psalm is really written in two movements or two motifs that kind of give it shape. Just six sh short verses, but those motifs are what gives it um, clarity as we kind of look at it. The first is the Lord as our shepherd, and then the Lord as our host. First four verses are like the first stanza of this, where the Lord is given as our shepherd, the shepherd sheep motif. Now, we don't typically see shepherds around in our culture right now, but we know what it would be like for a shepherd to care for a flock of sheep. We have a picture somewhat of what it might take to care for these animals. And David, who's the author of this psalm, he is the one who was a shepherd himself. So he speaks out of his own experience and he equates it with his experience with the Lord. 
that motif is written all throughout the Old Testament. There are many times where God is referred to as a shepherd, the shepherd for a group of people, especially for his uh, his people, Israel. So God, the shepherd over a whole group. But this psalm, this psalm is different because it becomes very personal. It's where God is, the Lord is my shepherd. It's up close, personal association with this shepherd as my personal guide. And and when David reflects on these things in the psalm, he's coming at it from the perspective of a sheep. The sheep who recognizes the need for the shepherd, who has full dependence on the shepherd for their well-being. The divine shepherd, the divine host. Let's take a look at both of these aspects as we go through this psalm. Here again, the wonderful words, familiar perhaps, from Psalm 23, verses 1 through 3. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Those first three verses are descriptive for us. They give a picture of the Lord as shepherd. And they speak about God. They speak about how he cares for his sheep, the things the shepherd does to provide rest and refreshment and right paths as the sheep are in his care. This is a wonderful description of what God's shepherding is like. But when we come to verse 4, the psalm takes a turn. The scene shifts from this beautiful meadow, this lush green, to a desolate and dark valley. And the psalmist conversation shifts as well. Instead of talking about God, he begins to talk to God. The pronouns are personal. Listen again to these words. Verse 4, Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That phrase, the darkest valley, has been translated as well, the valley of the shadow of death. It could also be rendered as deep shadow or total darkness. In some ways, we're, we're all going through that season right now, this dark valley, this time of darkness and uncertainty during this pandemic. But there may be other times that you recall in your own life where you faced a very dark time. Maybe it's happening for you even today. You walk, you are walking through a place of deep shadow. In deep darkness. I want you to listen to some of Todd and Kathy's story of how deep shadows impacted their family. So good morning, Todd and Kathy. I'm glad you're here with us to share some of your story. Uh, We know that death is something that eventually will touch all of us. And we share this great loss of having lost a child. So would you tell us just a little bit about your family's experience of loss. What happened? Well, January 25th of 2017, our 22-year-old son, Mo, was killed at Beaver Lake Dog Park when he tried to stop some people uh, that were stealing from his car. And I was at work at the time, 
and and got a phone call from Kathy that Mo wasn't answering his phone and something was going on at the dog park. And we we're kind of following the story and I and then some, and di- didn't know it was him. Didn't know it was Mo. And then at one point at work someone tapped me on the shoulder and I turned around and my chief and assistant chief and my best friend from work and some other uh, our command staff were standing behind me and I just instantly knew that that it was Mo that was involved and and that kind of just started us on this journey. I had to get home to tell Kathy and um yeah, it was it was horrible. It was it's hard to even revisit that because it comes right back. Those moments of just um, not knowing and being so afraid that it's what your worst imagination, mm-hmm. your, where your brain is going. Your worst fears have yeah. come about. Yes. So um, that was in January. The journey from that day I mean, I think of each day after that you've gone through, it's not an easy journey. There's lots of shadow and darkness in that, right? There is, especially early on. It's just so raw. It's, um, it permeates everything. There, there is no life really outside of that. You're just so, um, permeated with the grief and the pain and, um, I feel like all you can do is cry out why, why? I mean, that's the lamentation part of it. That's what happens to your relationship with God. Right. Yeah. That sense of shadows being um, creeping in and there's no light. I mean, are there any things that you especially remember about some of the darkest times, if you don't mind sharing some of that? Well, just the, just those whole first, uh, I mean, maybe the first few months, you're just, you feel hopeless and you're, everything you've planned for your life is turned upside down and, and, and you're trying to make sense of it. And, and you're really just going through the motions. I think there was even a time for me about six months later that was brief but dark when the reality of the, finality of it all sunk in like this was forever um all of a sudden that hit me kind of like a Mack truck I'm realizing I was never going to wake up and have it be different he was always going to be gone he's always going to be gone that's what Kathy described as she recognized the finality of the death of their son and in this painful story We've heard that deep shadows can really overwhelm us. The dark valley, it can shatter what we thought life was going to be like, even what we thought life with God was going to be like. Your time of shadows, of being in a desolate valley, might be very different than the death of a child. But nevertheless, the experience of darkness is real. And the psalmist doesn't shy away from this part of the journey with his shepherd this dark place, in the middle of it, walking right through it, he reminds us that there's somebody there beside him. I will fear no evil. Even in the middle of this dark, desolate valley, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. 
You are with me, God. Even if I'm not even aware of your presence, you are there. The shepherd is ready in this picture with two tools that are used in shepherding, the rod and the staff, equipment that would have been normal for the shepherd. And David here uses them to talk about the way that God, through a rod, gives a symbol of authority, a symbol of the way he offers protection for those he cares for, to ward off wild beasts or any outside threats. The rod is a sign of protection. And then there's the staff or the shepherd's crook, which is a sign of support, of guidance, where the shepherd controls and moves gently those sheep back into the right ways, reminding him, in a sense, of his presence by the touch of the staff. You know, God's presence in the middle of this darkest valley is made real through those things the rod and the staff. Like a shepherd, God stands in authority over anything that enters our life and offers us his protection, his guidance, as he says, I'm going to bring you comfort in this way. Todd and Kathy experienced some of this too, the tangible way that God showed his presence in their life. And in this season, um, You know, this scripture that says, when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to be afraid because God is with us. Now, I don't know for you, you don't always feel that, but what are some times that you have sensed God's presence that's that's given you strength and comfort during these, these years? We were surrounded right away by our church family. People came over and sat with us and just would sit in the room with us, make sure you were, um, you weren't alone at first and you were, you were getting food and, and making sure you're eating. But people from the church really took good care of us and you just felt, I mean, you just felt God's presence through them. And and even the people Todd works with, the police were incredible. There were many days early on, we would just sit on the couch and look around and there'd be 15 people in our living room just there. And it was overwhelming, but um, we look back and we realize God was in all those people. And we even got notes from people we didn't know. And the community in Sammamish were just um, so kind to us. And the food and the gifts and the mementos that are, we have wind chimes that are all engraved with scripture and Mo's name and his dates. And every time those blow in the wind, we think about Mo. And we just received so many wonderful gifts like that that really um, help us feel Mo and God's presence. Are there other things that, you know, God has been stirred, has stirred in you or evidence of his care for you as you walk this long journey of grief? Well, we've gotten involved in grief share at church. Um, we, we started going to grief share originally and then um, now we help to co-facilitate that. And that's, that's, been really helpful. The people that are there are, they're just, they all come from different faith backgrounds and it just works well together. Everybody shares their loss and their people. You have that in common. And So tell me a little bit about what grief share is. 
I think grieving people, I was going to say, are just remarkable because there is, they're so authentic Mm -hmm. and there is all that junk has been cut out because their lives are so reprioritized and, um, it just feels very real being with those people. Um, and it has been, it still continues to be very healing to us. We, we hope that, um, and I think grief share is very healing to all the participants, but even as facilitators who have been through it probably three times and facilitated it twice now, it's still so healing to us. Um, it's just a safe place where people with any kind of grief, whether it's child or parent or sibling or spouse or friend, um, can come and we discuss, we have a workbook and we discuss homework. We watch a video and then we discuss the video. And then of course the leaders pray for all the participants throughout the week too. Um, and that, um, has been a real gift to us. God was in all those people. That's the way Kathy described some of the tangible ways that they felt the presence of God in their, in their grief. Tangible gifts, personal presence, grief share, community, all of those things which have the hand of the good shepherd behind them, a way that the shepherd is showing that he cares, the promise of God. For you and I in the middle of dark valleys isn't just a spiritual, ethereal concept. It is something tangible and real. And he makes it known to us through specific circumstances, through people, through events that remind us he is with us. Now, confident of that presence, the psalm moves on in verses 5 and 6. God is by his abiding presence is with us. And then the picture shifts to this new motif, this new metaphor where we see God as the gracious host. Hear these verses again, verses five and six of Psalm 23. You, once again, that personal pronoun, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There are beautiful pictures in these verses. Hints of being at the temple in the house of God, but also hints of a future life forever with God. A table set. There's this, this confident joy that you have, the sense that David is moving towards in these last few verses. Just, just hear the, the symbols that are there. A set table. Oil that flows. A cup overflowing. All pictures of abundance. Of God's provision that is more than could ever be expected. His love can't be measured. And in this picture of God as gracious host, he's telling us, my companionship with you will transform all of life. The times of pleasant walks along green pastures and still waters, the times in the dark valleys, and the looking ahead on the horizon to the future when we will be forever with God at his table in a joyful feast of provision and care. For Todd and Kathy, this journey of grief continues. 
And I ask them, as they have walked through times of a dark shadow, I ask them if there were things they might say to others that would be an encouragement to them in this season. I think that one of the big things is to, to not, when they talk about, uh, I will fear no evil, or, I mean, you, you have doubts and you have fear, and it's not like, it's not, it's not like there's, there, you are shaken. I know there's a song we sing at church and, and they say, you know, I will not be shaken. And Kathy and I always kind of look at each other and, and that doesn't seem the, the real Our world. Reality. The, the reality is, is that your, your faith is shaken and, and you are afraid. But then once that initial shock is over, you, you pray and you stay close. You know, we made the decision right away four days later that we had to go to church because you know that you wanted to be around God. You wanted to be around his people. And that was the right decision for us. And you just, you wrestle with those things and, and God's big enough to take all that on. And, and you just make the decision that in the midst of all this, you know, that, that, that you're choosing to, to, to believe and to have your faith and, and how important that is to you. We aren't usually able to make a choice about when we enter a season of darkness, when the valley of the shadow of death is coming close to us and we feel sadness of any kind, any kind of struggles, the pandemic we're in, a loss of some kind, even death itself doesn't come with invitation. We're thrust into it. But here's the good news from this psalm and from Todd and Kathy's story, that we can make choices about what we're going to pay attention to in the middle of it. Todd said they chose to hold on to faith. And it's made all the difference for them. God's presence doesn't change. Whether we hold on to faith or not, he will never abandon us. His presence doesn't wane. But we have a choice in these seasons if we're going to hold and lean into the Good Shepherd or we're going to try to make it through this darkness on our own. God is both the good shepherd and the host for us in seasons of life. And the question is, are we going to lean into him? Are we going to accept the invitation, the guidance that he has to offer us? In the New Testament, specifically in the Gospel of John, Jesus himself says he is the good shepherd He connects this Psalm 23 with his own life, his own ministry, his own role as redeemer and lover of his people. Hear this from John chapter 10, verses 14 14 to 16. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. What an invitation from Jesus to listen to his voice as our good shepherd. To see him as the one who's guiding us through times of refreshment through times of shadow, and into a future of joy and provision. Today, I just encourage you to consider this invitation from God 
from Jesus as your good shepherd. He says it this way. I must bring them also. I lay down my life for these sheep. I invite them to hear my voice. Maybe you've been walking with God for a long time, but maybe today is the first time you recognize that there's a shepherd who cares for you that intimately. He wants you to lean into him, to hear that invitation that he will walk with you just as he walked with Todd and Kathy. He will share in your life. He will provide for you. We can trust God. God is shepherd. God is host to lead us through all these seasons of life and to provide what is needed. And today we're going to be sharing communion together. And what a beautiful picture of those two motifs. The Lord is our shepherd. The Lord is our host. Jesus said in John 10, he laid down his life for the sake of his sheep, for our sake. And this table shows this, the invitation of a shepherd who calls us by name and invites us to walk with him. And then the Jesus as the host who makes everything possible for us to have life because he laid down his life for us. This is the gift we receive in communion today. And if this is your first or your hundredth time of receiving these elements, I pray you'd be encouraged again in this truth. Would you pray with me? Lord, we give you thanks for the truths in this beloved psalm, that you are our shepherd, that you are a gracious host. And Lord, for those who are walking through dark valleys right now, where the shadows are overwhelming them, Lord, remind them that you are with them, that you provide what they need for their comfort, and that you will hold them fast into the future, that your goodness and mercy, your joy and love will follow them all the days of their lives. Remind us again of this in this meal today, we pray. In the name of Jesus, our Good Shepherd. Amen. A blessing as we go. As you go into this week, whether it's into a dark valley or a green pasture, may you go knowing that the Good Shepherd is with you and that God will provide for what you need. Go in that confidence. Amen.